Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly Weekly Dose Dose of Wicked. generic time of day (laughs) that one threw me yes hello i hope you're having a fabulous generic day of the week it's even more fabulous now that you're listening to your favorite girls that is true we are pretty fabulous always hopefully it's wednesday i don't know it's actually not true though because you guys just listen all the freaking time but hopefully it's wednesday because that's when this episode is coming out as it does every week unless i'm a slacker so most weeks that's not true a good 10 percent of the time I mean, 10% is only six episodes. I'll give you that. Okay. So let's go. Welcome to this fabulous day. Hope you guys are having a great week. A few announcements for the business that we need to get down to. Uh, One thing. We need something to call you guys. We should ask for um, advice on what to call them since we can't think of anything. It's been almost a year and we've come up with nothing. So what do you guys want to be called? Let us know. Because we got got nothing. nothing. Got nothing. Got nothing. But we feel like our listeners deserve their own special, like thing for us to call you other than just listeners something cool so let us know what you think like the wicked warriors (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) i liked it the wicked warriors i don't know about that but something wicked cool people that's a lot it is anyway come up give us some ideas of what you guys think we'll do a poll or something i don't know give us some ideas of what you guys want to be called um anyway getting down to actual business Sierra has a very important question. That oh, I been do. Eating away Is that her. what we're going to start with? Yes. Okay, yes. I'm, it's driving me crazy and Ashley's getting annoyed. Okay, so. I need an answer so I can quit hearing about it. Um, as all of you know, um, I do all of the work and Ashley just shows up and looks pretty once a week. So. I did my hair flip in case. Yeah, they can't see, see you. If we had our video set up, they could have seen that, but we're we don't. slackers. We just don't know what we're doing when it comes to video, but it's fine. We'll figure it out eventually. As I was doing my work this week and I was going over, you know, like stats and downloads and where our listeners are, I stumbled across a weird piece of information. So of our podcast, we've had a little over 23,000 downloads since we started. And that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. We're quickly approaching 25,000. So I'm really proud of us. Let's just give ourselves a pat on the back. But anyway, that's not the point. That was just a nice little plug to tell you guys how awesome we are. Um, No, the point is... Of our 23,000 downloads, over 3,000 of those are from Missouri. Specifically? Specifically, we have 2,472 downloads in Springfield, Missouri. But I'm just saying as a whole of the state of Missouri, we have a little over 3,000 downloads, which equates to, I don't know. 12%? I think it's like 13 and a half. It's almost 14% when I did the math on it. I don't know. It could be off. Whatever. Anyway, a whole chunk of you guys are in Missouri. I want to know... Where you found us? Because we don't even know anyone in Missouri. Why does Missouri think we're so cool? Right. I mean, I think we're cool, but it's just weird to me that Missouri, of all 50 states, like, they're dominating. I don't even know where Missouri is. It's in the United States. Oh, I know that. It is... I meant geographically. You know, in the middle? really bad at geography. Is it in the middle? I don't know. It's next to Kansas. Yeah, I think it's like mid. Do I know where that is? It's the no. Midwest. Missouri's in the Midwest. Oh, okay, cool. I don't think you need to tell them that you're stupid and don't know where Missouri is. Oh, we'll just cut that out then when you edit. I don't think that was necessary. You didn't have to call me stupid. That was kind of mean. Okay, well, that was silly of you to say. I don't even know where Missouri is. We'll just cut that out. Yeah, that's right. I thought it was. It's right above, right above, um, like, Texas area. Like, Texas. Okay, it really doesn't matter because we're going to cut that out, so. It does matter because I'm not cutting it out. I'm leaving it in there. <laughs> <laughs> this is you're getting hyper fixated on things, like the crazy pants from last week. Okay. I just want to know. Because you don't know where it is either. It's not the Midwest, so sorry I'm an idiot. Um, it's like smack dab, kind of almost in the middle. It's two states away from us. Oh. So you probably should have known that. Yeah. So North Carolina, Tennessee, Missouri. Huh. Right above Arkansas, right below Iowa. Interesting. Yep. Next to Kansas, Oklahoma, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee. Those are all the states that border it. So it's not the Midwest. I'm so sorry that I very rudely just um, insulted all of you and told you were from the Midwest. I insulted them too. Insulted it's from the Mideast. So. Okay. It's in the middle of the country to the east. Anyway, that's not the point. We don't, I, that's not the point of where Missouri is. The point is, I want to know how you found us and I want to know why there are so many of you. I just feel like in Missouri, there's a super fan 
who's telling everyone about us, and I need to know you because I know our super fans. That's true. We have quite a few. Should we name them? No. Okay. They like it when we name them. Well, that is true. But I don't want to make anyone feel bad. What if we forgot them and they... Okay, that's true. We have some super fans, though. If you're a super fan, you know who you are because we have conversation. We talk. We don't have a single super fan who we've connected with from Missouri. That is true. Unless I'm just an asshole and I don't know. But I've checked all of our super fans. I've stalked some of you. That's creepy. On Facebook. Me too. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I've looked into, like, I know where most of our super fans live. I mean, not to a point where, like, I'm stalking them, like, hardcore, like, finding out where they live, but, like, I, I mean, where they work, but I know where they live, most of I them. And most state. of them have told us where they live. Yeah, that's true. So that's what I'm saying. But we don't have a single person from Missouri who's, like, reached out and told us how much they love us or anything like that, unless I'm just an asshole. It's possible. So we want to know, did someone make business cards and hand them out? Yes, I want to know. I want to know who you are, and I want to know why there are so many of you. Because I've also done, like, some research on, you know, I was like, maybe we did, like, a super cool Missouri case. But we didn't. We did. We did Bethany Deaton. Okay, but not super cool. I mean, Bethany Deaton was, you know, a great case. That's not the point. You did a great job on that case. The point is, hardly any of them listened to that case. (laughs) There was only, like, two downloads in Missouri for that case specifically. So it seems like most of them picked up the podcast at um, uh, Sherry. Renee. Renee. Yeah. That one. Yeah, but that was in California. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense of why they would fixate on but us. But that at was that point. also like our Samsung free peak, wasn't it? Yeah, but a lot of them stuck around. Yeah, well, maybe that's because they got their Samsung free peak and then they thought we were cool. So I don't know. I just want to know why you're here. I'm happy you're here. Huge shout out to Missouri. We love you very much. Uh, you were by far our biggest state of listeners, which I just think is weird. I don't know. You just think our biggest state would be either North Carolina or New York, since that's where most of our family and friends are. Right. Well. And it's not. So if you're in Missouri, you listen to the podcast, can you just let me know how you found it? Shoot us a text. Not a text. You don't have our phone numbers. <laughs> My email. phone number is 704. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Send us an email at weeklydoseofwicked at gmail.com. Or a Facebook message. Or a Facebook message or a Instagram DM. Or you can send us a message on TikTok. Uh, Twitter. Twitter. That's everything. I just want to know how you got here. I just think you're the bee's knees and I want to know why you're here. That's true. We and it's really, you, it's really bothering me. And if I don't hear from you soon, I'm just going to fixate on it until I figure it out. So that's true. And it'll really annoy me. <laughs> so that's the biggest piece of uh, news that we have. Not news, but uh, the biggest question burning my mind. Can't even sleep at night because I can't figure it out. Because you just think about Missouri all night. Long. I do. I just think about Missouri and all the cool people living there listening to our podcast. Okay. Anyway, moving on to business. Next order of business. Joining us on the level of the moderately wicked. Hannah Tibbs. Woohoo! Hannah, let's Woo-hoo. go. Woo! Hannah is fabulous. Hannah is beautiful. Hannah is the bee's knees. It sounded like you booed her for a minute there. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> you said woo, but you said it really like low and weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was not a boo, Hannah. No, that was not a boo. We love you. We love you so much. And we're so glad that you have become a pepperoni patroni. Woohoo. Get your perks. Join the Discord. Yeah, join the Discord for sure. Listen to those bonus episodes for anyone that missed it. We've got two a month now, every first and third Monday. And so far, we've held true. We've gotten them both out on time. I'm really proud of us. Proud of me. I'm proud of both of us. But mostly me. It was a two-person job. But yes, okay. go Ashley and her editing. So if they're not edited properly, talk to Ash. I don't know what I'm doing, so. Yeah, that's fine, though. You did pretty good. I listened to them. They look, sound pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, join the Patreon. And how do you join the Patreon, Ashley? Patreon.com slash Weekly Dose of Wicked. Where you can join one of our four amazing tiers starting at just $3 a month. Every time we promote the Patreon, I feel like I'm doing an infomercial. Yeah, me too. It's okay, though. Anyway, $3 a month, slightly wicked. $5 is the moderately wicked. $7 you can join the awesomely wicked. And for $10, you can join the extraordinarily wicked. I think we should time ourselves better and say that at the same time. I think that'd be fun. No. Okay. I can't, we can't even time ourselves for the freaking intro. So how do you think we're going to time ourselves for that? We have never recorded in person for the intro. That's true. I think we could do it. But the intro, I had to edit it together because we could not say it at the same time. So Okay, but again, we were over the computer. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. We'll think about it. 
Um, anyway, moving on from that, what else do we need from you? We need for you to like us on Facebook and Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us on TikTok, where you will eventually get TikToks as soon as Ashley gets the ball rolling on her cases. Thank you for just calling me out like that. That was rude. <laughs> I mean, you're the one that doesn't know how to use TikTok. I'm sorry that I am a 95-year-old yes. and a 26-year-old body. Yes, true, true. But anyway, as soon as we can get that figured out and actually can get some cases recorded, we'll get all of the cases up on TikTok in little short, little uh, condensed tellings. Um, or send us some mail. That'd be cool, too. Yeah, you can send us some mail. Our P.O. Box is P.O. Box 1142, China Grove, North Carolina. I don't know those it. I never do. <laughs> oh, me either. It's on Instagram. I think we tell them that every time. We do. Or you can leave us a rating and review. On Apple Podcast. Or wherever you listen to podcasts. It doesn't have to be Apple. It does have to be Apple. Why? Because none of the other podcast platforms have ratings and reviews. Oh, did they really not? No. That's why you promote <laughs> Apple, you dork. Yeah. I just no. thought you were just being like a bitch. Like, no. oh, Apple's the best, so no. promote it on Apple. No, I don't know that any of the other ones do. I mean, if your podcasting platform lets you leave ratings and reviews, do it. But as far as I know, Apple's it. So. Okay, my bad. Shows what I know. I just show up and look pretty, so. Yeah, so. Uh, other news, we talked about it last week, but let's just mention it again. Um, the Etsy shop is going to be coming down mid-July. We're looking at about like uh, like July 15th, mid-July. I don't know. So if you need some merch, go ahead and order it up uh, while you still have the time. If you're a Pepperoni Patroni, you get a discount. Yep, and you know that code because it is a secret for only you. And don't share it with any of your friends because we'll know. We always know. It tells me who ordered and it tells me the code. That's true. So don't share that code. It's a perk only for you. All right. Without further ado, let's jump into our case. We don't have anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Oh, let's talk about, no, we have something else important. This episode is going to air on the 28th. Oh, yeah. And that means that the following episode is going to air on the 5th. They know what that means, don't you? They should know what that means. If you're a listener of the Weekly Dose of Wicked Podcast, then you know what July 5th is. Let's say it at the same time. Okay. It's It's our our one-year anniversary! Woo! We did it at the same time. Look at that. We can do it in person. I told you. Anyway, yeah. So it's one year anniversary of Weekly Dose of Wicked, which is super exciting. And we have got a treat for you. Our anniversary is actually the sixth, in case you didn't know, but you should. Oh, our anniversary is actually the fifth. Why? Because I released the episode early. Oh. (laughs) Remember? No. (laughs) I didn't know what I was doing, and I released it on a Tuesday instead of a Wednesday. Uh Oh, no, I don't remember that. Yeah. Huh, well, that's embarrassing for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really. It was at like 11.30 p.m. So, I mean, it's oh, the 6th. Okay. It was meant to air on the 6th. But I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't know if I had signed everything up. I, I was getting antsy and I was getting nervous that it wasn't going to work. <laughs> yes. And so I released it early. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's our one year anniversary. We've got a big treat for you. So make sure to tune into that episode. It's going to be a long one. It'll be fun, though. It's going to be lots of fun. I think we should get drunk. Okay. <laughs> We'll do a poll for that, too. You guys let us know if you think that we should do our one-year anniversary episode intoxicated. I think that'd be fun. I don't think we should get drunk. I'll make a pitcher of margaritas. Right. I just think we could have some drinks and, like, have a good time. Yeah. Ooh, we can have champagne. I know how much you love You know what else we could do? That'd be lots of fun. I don't know if I can make it happen, though. What if we got listeners on the episode? What if we called people and brought them on the episode? Can we do that? Can we do that? Um, There's that thingy that we learned about at PodFest. Mm -hmm. You can, like, call in. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll reach out and invite some people. If that's something you guys are interested in, let me know. And I'll figure it out. That would be lots of fun. Or what if we did like, I just think we should do something really big. What if we did like a, I'm getting really excited. Nobody (laughs) can see my hands, but they're up in the air and I'm shaking them around. What if we did like a Zoom call? Yeah. And like invited people, like whatever. They could just hop on, whoever wants to. And we can like, yeah, have fun. Like record it. Yeah. It'd be fun. I don't know. Should we do that? I think we should do that. (laughs) I think that'd be fun. (laughs) I mean, I just don't know how much of it would be like we'd actually be able to put on the podcast. But we could just do it. Well, I'm not saying it has to be on the podcast. I'm saying we could just do it for fun, like for people that want to hang out with us. Like as an exciting, like, that'd be cool. I think we have a big enough fan base we could get like two people on there. (laughs) I mean, I think like we could. I think we should start marketing it like tomorrow. Like let's figure it out and let's market it and let's see if people want to join us. Okay. I think it'd be a lot of fun. What would we do on there? We could do like trivia. We could. We could do like trivia and we give away a prize. Oh, we could use my. Let's do that. Let's do it. I think that sounds like fun. Yeah, let's do it, guys. Let's do a Zoom call. I think we'll have to pay for Zoom. It doesn't matter. We'll figure it out. I think that sounds like lots of fun. I say let's do it, man. One year anniversary. Let's take out all the stops. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I like it. I like it a lot. We'll get to work on that. 
All right, let's jump into the case then. For real, jumping in now. Let's do it. Okay. So, July 6th, 1997, Newport Beach, California, 3.30 p.m. Oh. A group of tourists are in a boat on the ocean watching a school of dolphins play. I don't like this. I've literally said 10 words. I don't like oceans. I don't know why you would do this to me. You know that <laughs> large, vast bodies of water really freak me out. Um, I'm already not happy. My skin's crawling. I feel sick to my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Okay, bad choice. My bad. Sorry. Yes. No, it freaks me out. I do not like... You know that I don't like large bodies of water. I don't I know. know why you would do this. I, I hate them. I'm sorry. They make my anxiety through the roof. Well, you want me to just scrap the episode and we'll have nothing? No, you have to go through it. But this is just a really bad time also because, you know, I've been following um, everything going on with the submersive because it freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways. So they're on the ocean. They're celebrating the end of July 4th weekend. They're having a great day. But they notice a small speedboat circling unmanned and out of control in the water. And nearby, there's a man holding onto a bodyboard, frantically yelling. Because he fell off the boat? Well, he's on a bodyboard, so he was be- being towed by the boat. Oh, okay. And the boat is unmanned. Okay. In circles. Okay. That's terrifying. So they couldn't really make out what he was saying, but they knew it was I mean, not good. he held onto the bodyboard that long. Yeah. Was he still like, being drunk by the boat? Um, or he no, let go? I don't think okay. so. I think he let go of the tether. Okay. He was just like on the board. Okay. I was just picturing like a tube. And, like, yeah. just holding on as, like, the boat's going crazy. No, I think it's, like, I'm not really exactly sure what a bodyboard is, but I think it's, like, something that you stand on and hold a rope, and yeah. then you can let go of the rope. That and, like, sure. surf that or makes whatever. Sense. Yeah. You know? So, they couldn't make out what he was saying, but they knew it wasn't good. So, they called 911. The Coast Guard came, and the man told them that his wife was thrown overboard, and he didn't know where she was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I roll a little harder, so... <laughs> My eyes are going to pop out of my head. <laughs> this is the time we need video right here. Like, this is when we need video yeah. for these faces that we make. Yeah. That's what everybody says. They want to see our faces. They do. We need to figure it out because that right there. Yeah. Okay. So his wife was thrown overboard. Yeah. He killed her. Got it. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> Understood. Okay. That's an intensive way to be murdering someone, though. Mm-hmm. Like, that's some real dedication. Murder yeah. your wife. Put the boat. Let the boat just wreck itself and get on a bodyboard. Okay. I'm on board for this case now. Let's go. Okay. So this couple was Eric and Peggy Beckler, who were celebrating their five-year wedding anniversary. Huh. Okay. So Peggy... Oh, and they were celebrating Peggy's birthday. They were having a day of fun out on the ocean. A douchebag. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Peggy and Eric met in 1991. Eric was playing volleyball on the beach, and Peggy was enjoying a day of relaxing in the sand with her friend. She spotted Eric, and the two hit it off right away and got married within the next year. Within the next four years, they would have three kids, and they would join together to grow a successful business. They seemed to be a very happy couple who had it all. They were madly in love, happy, beautiful kids, a nice house, nice cards. Cards. <laughs> cars. They had cars. Okay. Vehicles. And a successful business. They owned a physical therapy clinic. Peggy was the therapist, and Eric had a background in computers, so he did all of that side of the business. Um, Peggy grew up in New Mexico with her parents and four siblings. She was diagnosed with scoliosis at a young age and had to wear a back brace. The only time she didn't have to wear her back brace was when she was swimming. Because of this, swimming became her main hobby, and she was really good. She was part of the swim team at her high school and began training to become a triathlete. With her condition, she spent a lot of time with um, physical therapists, and this opened her eyes to the rewarding career. So when she graduated high school, she went on to the University of New Mexico at Albuquerque and became a physical therapist and began working for a hospital in New Mexico. A few years later, she moved to California, and that's where she met Eric. They opened their business, Jerry Care Rehab, in June of 1992, and it was really successful and produced about $6 million a year. Mm-hmm. So this a allowed... lucrative business. It is physical therapy, man. So this allowed Eric and Peggy to live quite a luxurious lifestyle. They were really generous to their employees. They sent them on annual team building trips, and they threw elaborate parties for them at their home. They also would often throw personal parties for their friends and family and had a room in their lower, lower, (laughs) they had a room in their lower level of their house, and they called it the disco room. Oh. I find that super weird. I agree. Was it like legit a disco room? I mean, yeah. Had a disco ball, had mirrors. Hmm. It's like a party room, but they called it the disco room. It was a party room or it was a party room? I don't know. Did it have anything mounted to the ceiling? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. 
I'm not sure. I did not see pictures of this okay. party room. So initially, when the police spoke with Eric, he was devastated and could barely speak or answer any of their questions. He was so hysterical. He told them that they had spent the day on the water. They went out around noon and just hung out, sunbathed, drank margaritas, did some bodyboarding. Peggy was driving the boat, and she was towing him when a very large swell came and knocked him off. When he surfaced, he looked for Peggy on the boat, and she wasn't there. So that's when the other boat had found them and called for help. The Coast Guard started a huge search and looked all day, but no sign of Peggy. They looked on the boat to see if there were any clues as to what conditions or where she would have went. They said that the boat was clean, that there was nothing on the boat, um, and if they had been hanging out on the boat all day, that was super weird. He said right. they were just, like, hanging out, drinking margaritas, eating snacks. There right. should have been things on the boat, but there really wasn't anything. The only thing was a towel laid out on the back of the boat, two duffel bags, a cooler with the margaritas in it, sunglasses, and a book bag. Were the margaritas empty? Were they gone? It was, like, half full. Okay. So, there wasn't anything alarming in any of the bags, except for Eric's book bag had black trash bags and a rope. Now, you said this was in the ocean, correct? Yes. So, like, the Pacific Ocean, because you said California, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? The balls those people have to be bodyboarding in the ocean. <laughs> I like, know. I just can't fathom that. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I barely do it in the lake. I can't imagine taking a boat out in the ocean, honestly. I Especially, mean, like, one that you're bodyboarding on, because that's not a very big boat. I mean, like, yeah. we're talking it's about, like, like a, a speed boat. boat. Yeah. No. Not taking a speedboat on the ocean. What if you run out of gas in the middle of the ocean? That would suck. That's how you get freaking Gilligan's Island right there. Yeah. Stranded. No. No, thank you. I mean, I've been out on the ocean in a boat before. When? When we went to the Keys. I didn't get to go to the Keys. Well, you you bring it up all the time. It's kind of rude. Well, I'm sorry. (laughs) I was never invited to the Keys. When we went to the Keys, we rented a boat for the day and we went snorkeling. And, like, then, you know, I was, like, carefree 18-year-old, so, like, I thought it was fun. But, like, now, no, never. Yeah, but you went with mom and dad, right? Mm-hmm. And they just saw no problem with that. Mm-hmm. Like, they were totally cool with it. And you had, like, the boys mm-hmm. who were little. Mm-hmm. No. No, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely not. And we brought Hannah. Absolutely not. Hannah Tibbs, our new Patreon. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of crazy. No, I'm good on that. I was not invited to the Keys. As dad so um, lovingly put it, I was too busy shacking up with Jacob I mean, to be invited on those things. So That's true. Okay. I'm just thinking, no. Pacific Ocean, speedboat. No, thank you. Yeah, no. I Any ocean. Indian Ocean, Atlantic Ocean, Pacific Ocean. Those are all the oceans I know off the top of my head. No. <laughs> nope. Yeah, no, thank you. Hannah would be really disappointed in that. Yeah, she would. <laughs> you don't know your oceans. I know. So, nothing really raised any super red flags. Um, there were still no signs of Peggy, so Eric contacted Peggy's family and told them that she was missing and that they couldn't find her. Her parents immediately made their way to California. The Coast Guard continued to search for her for three days, but nothing they couldn't find her. The Coast Guard tried to reenact the events that would have thrown Peggy out of the boat, but they couldn't. So they did lots of different ways of driving the boat, hitting waves different directions, standing different ways, and nothing they did threw themselves out of the boat. Okay. So they thought that was kind of weird. So, with how the weather conditions were and how the boat would have been traveling, they concluded that it would have been almost impossible for Peggy to be thrown out of the boat. We already knew that. Yeah. So, the conditions were not rough like Eric told them that they were. It was a near-perfect day to be out on the water. So, and Peggy was also known to be a great swimmer. Right. So well, that's really, what's weird, too. Like, she's such a good swimmer. Right. She was training to be in triathlons. Right. Yeah, that's weird. Should have thought this through better, Eric. Mm-hmm. So, it doesn't make sense that even if she did get thrown out of the boat, she would have been able to make it to shore. What if she got thrown out of the boat, though, and, like, like the wind got head. knocked out of her? What was she hit her head on? She's in the fucking ocean. What's she hitting her head on? I don't know. I'm sure there are things on the ocean. No. What? What are you hitting your head on in the ocean? What if there's a big log? There's no logs in the ocean. How do you know? That's You've just never been thing. on a boat in the ocean. It doesn't matter. I've swam in the ocean. <laughs> Not in the middle of the ocean. I don't I just think that's weird. I don't think there's anything to hit her head on in the middle of the ocean. Or, like, if she fell out with hard enough speed that's what i'm saying if she hit if they were going fast enough and she fell out i could see it like knocking the wind out of her well even like her head hitting the water at that hard of a speed i yeah. feel like that could have knocked her out maybe i don't know i don't know either we're not ocean experts no not i'm not an ocean expert at all i avoid it at all costs i know you do hate it so because of all of this they believed foul play was involved well sure of course i believe that as well <laughs> from the moment you said they're on a boat in the ocean <laughs> yeah okay So they contacted the Orange County Sheriff's Department, and they brought Eric in for questioning, and again, he tells them 
the same events that he told them before. He says that he was devastated. He loved Peggy and how great their marriage was. They had no problems. There would be no reason for him to do anything to her. He tells them that they've been celebrating their love for days. They had a big party with all of their friends and family for their anniversary and boat trip, all just to celebrate their love for each other. They're the picture-perfect happy family. The police interview Eric's best friend, Kobe, and he says the same thing. They were happy, and he knew of no problems they were having. Peggy's family says the same. So does his family, her best friend. Everyone just, they were happy. Even her best friend? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's kind of crazy. Okay. So, if everything is so great, why is Eric killing his wife? I don't know. I don't know. I think that's the question of the ages. I mean, there's lots of reasons he could be. Do you want me to literally go into the mall? No, it's okay. Okay. So one week after, they reinspected the boat as a crime scene now. But it had been a week, so a lot of the evidence was gone. The boat was pretty clean, just like it was the first time they looked at it. But they did find a um, single drop of blood underneath the cushion of the boat. And they found some blood spatters on the back of the boat. Did he have a life insurance policy on her? He did. About uh, $2 million. Then that's why he killed her. Do you cover that later? Uh, I just literally say that line right there. He had a life insurance policy of $2 million. Did you address that for inflation? No. I did not. Come on. You're not a noob. Like, I don't know why you try to act like you're a noob. You know I'm going to ask this. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. What? What is it? I'm going to tell you when you get to that line. No, just tell me now. And then I'll I just skip the line later. It yet. I mean, it takes more than one second to calculate inflation, Ashley. It's a whole mathematical problem. <laughs> okay. Oh, $2 million adjusted for inflation is almost twice that now. So that's a lot of freaking money. Oh, yeah. $3,823,092.39. So. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's quite a bit of money. Okay. it's a lot of money. So anyways, um, there was some blood on the back of the boat. They did a... Oh, but there wasn't enough blood that they could test it and tell whose it was or even if it was human. Right. Because, you know. It's a speedboat out on the ocean. Maybe it was a fish. Yeah, and it was also 1997, so technology wasn't where it is today. So, okay. So they did do a luminal test, and it was positive for blood near the console, but Mm. it had been cleaned up. Okay. So they talk to um, Eric about this, and he says that um, the blood on the back of the boat was because she was on her period. Come on, Eric. And he knows that because they had sex on the boat. I don't know why he thought that was necessary (laughs) to throw that in there, but he did. That's also gross like why would you tell them that well and also it's a rented boat that's super gross yeah that is interesting yeah so i don't i don't know eric is an interesting dude okay so they talked to eric's mom and she did tell a little bit different story not that they weren't in love and a happy couple but that their life wasn't quite so perfect they were having some financial trouble okay she said that eventually their luxurious lifestyle became burdensome to them yeah. They were spending more money than they were making, and they began using their business money as their own, which only hurt the business. Right. Peggy desperately tried to find ways to cut back from the business spending, so she wanted to cut back on the employees' salaries. But Eric refused and said that they had to find another way. I mean, yeah, you can't just cut your employees' salaries. <laughs> so you can keep spending more money. Right. That's the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Let's pay our employees less so we can spend more money. No, yeah. Peggy. Just spend less money. Yes. Also, they're making $6 million a year. What kind of a luxurious lifestyle are they having? Well, so I don't know if it's like profit $6 million or like gross $6 million. I'm I not mean, sure. either way. Oh, yeah. Like, how much are they paying themselves that they can't afford their lifestyle? I don't know. Like, that's insane to me. I didn't find those numbers. That's crazy. Okay. So, to help um, with their money situation, Peggy stopped contributing to the employees' retirement funds. The employees found out about this and were pissed and turned her in. I'm sure. So the courts then ordered them to pay back all of the employees. So because of this financial mess, they ended up having to sell their business. The company that they sold it to, though, let them stay on as employees. However, shortly into the new ownership, they realized that the business wasn't quite as profitable as it seemed to be on paper. Oh, okay. So the new owners started looking into old records, and they noticed some discrepancies in the billing. They had overbilled Medicare more than $1 million. So the new owners turned them in and fired them. And this was about four months before Peggy's disappearance. Okay. Did they have new jobs or? I don't think so. Okay. So Eric's mom told the police about this. And Eric and 
mentioned, Peggy kept this hidden from most people, but she was one of the only people that knew. She says that shortly before Peggy's disappearance, she confessed the information to her and said that she was really afraid that she was going to go to jail and lose her license. So Eric's mom, Linda, theorized that maybe Peggy staged the disappearance, so she wouldn't go to jail. Okay. But that also didn't make a lot of sense because they had three kids, and she right. loved her kids. Right. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense. So it was really weird that she would abandon them. Okay. What? I'm just thinking what I would do in that situation. What would you do in that situation? I don't know. <laughs> I might well, clearly something. I might disappear. Well, don't commit insurance fraud. I mean, no, 100%. But I'm just thinking, like, three kids. Like, how much jail time was she facing? I don't know. Probably a lot. Because if she could fake her own disappearance and get to, like, Mexico, and then Eric, like, deals with the police, you know, for a couple months, and then he could go to Mexico with her. Yeah. So, like, you're looking at, like, leaving your kids for a couple months versus potentially years. Yeah. So, I might run off to Mexico if I committed insurance fraud. I was going to go to jail. Yeah. I mean, that's that's possible. I can see that that happening. Well, maybe. I mean, I say this like I, that's something I would do. I don't commit insurance fraud, but. Well, and there's really nothing for you to commit insurance fraud with. That's true. You don't own a big business like them. No. No, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, there was no body. There was no real evidence. So, there really wasn't a crime. So the police had to just sit back and wait. They did keep an eye on Eric because they just really had a bad feeling about him. Yeah, I do too. So three months to the day of Peggy's disappearance, Eric met a woman named Tina. Oh, uh, was he having an affair? That's another reason why I would kill her. That's I couldn't find anything that they had an affair before. Okay. Everything says that they met three months after. Okay. So the day they met, they went on a date, and the next day she moved in with him. Okay. So they could have been having an affair before, but... Or they could just be cuckoo bananas. That is also true. Because that's a little crazy. That is also true. To have been with someone you've known for a day. Yeah. Tina was having a pretty rough time in her life. She was a model and an actor who wasn't getting jobs, and she had gotten pretty addicted to drugs. (laughs) What? Nothing. She lost custody of her two kids, and she was really struggling with that. So when she had met Eric, he seemed like her knight in shining armor. He treated her well. She was happy. She got to be a mother figure to his kids. <laughs> what? He treated her well, and the one day they knew each other. <laughs> <laughs> and also, my previous <laughs> was due to the fact that that's not very great uh, fathering, Eric. No. Like, oh, I met this woman who's addicted to drugs. Let's move her with my kids. Right. What are you doing? That's a little silly to me. I agree. A little silly. Okay. So she got to be that mother figure that she wanted to be because she couldn't be with hers. So the cops noticed this new relationship and tracked her down. And they told her that they were investigating the disappearance of Peggy and if she knew anything about it to give them a call and gave them their business card. She thought this was kind of weird since it was just an accident, so she didn't really think much into it. Peggy's family wasn't too happy about the situation, and they spoke to Eric about it. Shortly after, he gave up custody of the kids to the parents. What? Yeah. Oy vey. So, at this point, I don't think Peggy faked her own disappearance. No. Not to meet up in Mexico. No, I mean, or she might be in Mexico alone waiting on her husband. I don't know, but that's a little crazy to me. Yeah, so he just gave up the kids to live with the grandparents so he could continue his life with his new girlfriend. Okay. So not long after, Eric's best friend, Kobe, his lawyer contacted the investigators and said that Kobe wanted to meet with them. He says that he actually lied during the initial questioning. Who was Kobe? His best friend. Okay. And remember, he said, like, oh, they had a loving relationship. Right. Great. Whatever. Okay. So he says that was a lie. They didn't really have a great relationship. I didn't figure they did. And he says that on multiple occasions, Eric told him he was super unhappy in his marriage. He wanted to get out and that Peggy was manipulative, controlling. He was sick of it. She gave him an allowance that he was only allowed to spend a certain amount of money. And he just wasn't happy with that. And he wanted out. And his friend Kobe was like, hey, man, get a divorce. Yes, that's the proper answer. Good job, Kobe. No, that's not an option. Why? Because he would lose everything. He would lose what? Like, what would he lose? He wouldn't get any money. He had nothing before her. Okay. Did he sign a prenup? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. It doesn't say. But um, he had, like, nothing before they started, and now he's, like, you know, super rich. 
He also says that he would lose custody of the kids. Okay, why do you give a fuck? You just gave them away. Right. <laughs> well, this was... Okay, but giving away the kids. that wasn't a valuable argument. That argument is null and void now. Right, I agree. He said that if he did divorce her, that she would just take the kids, move back to New Mexico, and he wouldn't see them again. They had multiple calls to the law about domestic she disturbances. New Mexico? New Mexico. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> see? That's a good plan. <laughs> no, she's from <clears throat> New Mexico. Yes, I know. Sorry. I just heard Mexico. It's because you're doing something over there and not paying attention to me. Okay, anyways, multiple domestic disturbances. And, but they pretty much always covered them up because of their money. So, also, seven months prior to Peggy disappearing, Eric came to Kobe and said, Hey, man, what do you think about me killing my wife? <laughs> and Kobe said that he was pretty in shock, so he didn't really say anything at first. And Eric went on to say that he'd just been thinking about maybe going out to sea and throwing Peggy overboard. Okay, so... <sighs> Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. Why did he not tell them this in the beginning? Because he said that he was afraid. Afraid of what? And he kind of panicked and he lied. He was and afraid he of didn't what? No, the, the whole fucking situation. Eugene. What's his name? Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Eugene. I know it was an E name. Uh, afraid of Eric? I guess he said that he was afraid. He was in shock. He panicked. He lied, and then like, it was, what was he supposed to do? He lied to the cops. Okay. I'm not a fan of this. So Kobe said, hey, what do you think about me killing my wife? You know? No, Kobe didn't say that. Eric said that. Oh, Eric said, hey, what do you think about me killing my wife? Kobe didn't answer. And Kobe told him of his plan. No, Eric told him of his plan. <laughs> <laughs> Pull yourself together. <laughs> uh, and Kobe said, that's a horrible idea, dude. Don't yeah. ever talk about this again. Yeah, that's a horrible idea. And that was it. They never talked about it again. Okay. So Kobe said that when he heard about the accident, that was his immediate thought. And yet he lied to the police. But when he came in to the police, he panicked and he lied. And then he didn't know what to do because he lied to the cops. Right. So he waited a little bit, got the lawyer, went and confessed about lying. So at least he came clean. I mean, better late than never. I mean, I suppose. That's an interesting conversation with your lawyer, though. Hey, so my friend killed his wife and I lied to the police. <laughs> so I need for you to make this good for me so I don't go to jail. Right. Yeah. But, you know, lawyers hear all kinds of crazy stuff, so. It's just, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. So, the police got Kobe to wear a wire, mm -hmm. and he met with Eric at a restaurant, mm -hmm. but Eric didn't really give the police anything. Kobe casually brought up the accident, and Eric said that was it. It was an accident. And Kobe just point blank asked Eric if he had anything to do with it, and he said, no, it was an accident, just like I told you. Yeah. Um, there wasn't, like, anything he said in particular, but just from, like, the whole interaction, the cops were pretty sure that he was hiding something. Okay. So, again... I think we were already pretty sure he was hiding something, though. Like, that's not... Yeah. Even without this information, we knew he was hiding something. Yeah, but, like, now they're pretty positive. Yeah. Before, they were just, like, kind of positive. Okay. But, again, no evidence, just a feeling. There's nothing they could really do with that. Okay. So, in, in 1999, a year and a half into Tina and Eric's relationship, the police were called to their home for a domestic disturbance. When the police arrived, Eric was gone. But Tina was there to tell them about the abuse that she had endured. And Eric ended up getting arrested for domestic violence and was ordered to attend counseling. Two weeks after this incident, Tina used the business card from the investigator that she kept all of this time to contact the police. And she told them a wild story. She said that one night that they were hanging out, looking at her old modeling shots, watching some TV appearances of hers, you know. Normal things you do. Yeah, yeah normal things. And somehow, an old news report was recorded onto one of her tapes. And the news report covered Peggy's disappearance. Okay. And Tina says that when this popped up, Eric's face went white. His whole demeanor changed. And he asked her why she had that. And she said that no idea how it got there. But because of his um, not good reaction, she continued watching the news report. And it didn't really match what Eric told her happened. She says that Eric's story had always been that the weather was awful, huge swells, and it caused this horrible accident, but the news coverage said that there wasn't horrible weather. The weather was perfect. They couldn't understand why she flung out of the boat. It must have just been drinking and driving. So she asked him why she lied, why he lied. And he got really flustered, but he told her 
what happened was that it was an accident. There was a big wave that she hit, and she just hit it wrong. He saw her get flung out of the boat, but he couldn't get to her in time. So it seemed kind of fishy to Tina. So she asked him, you couldn't get to her in time, or you didn't get to her in time? Right. And at first, he says, oh, quickly responds, no, I couldn't get to her in time. And then he says, well, maybe I could have got to her in time, but I chose not to get to her in time. So because of this interaction, Tina had a pretty bad feeling, but she let it go. Good idea. So two weeks after that, they went out clubbing and they were partying. Together, they did some ecstasy. And when they got home that night, they were lying in bed. And Tina said, it just hit her. She said, oh, my God, you hit her over the head, didn't you? And he said, how'd you know that? And she was like, well, I didn't know what I do now. Right. So she demanded he tell her what happened. So Eric did. He tells her about how awful Peggy was, how controlling she was, how he had just had enough. And that was the only way out. So he planned it out for months. He rented the boat for a romantic day. When they got out far enough, he hit her over the head with a weight that he brought with him. He said that he hurt her so hard that she didn't feel a thing. There was blood everywhere. He then tied her wrists and her ankles together so she was folded in half. He put her inside of a trash bag and added the weights to the bag and then threw it overboard. She well, asked him. That doesn't match his original story even a little bit. No, not even at all. Okay. She asked him, were they ever going to find the body? And he said no because he weighed it down with 70 pounds of weight. Okay. Tina said that after she he told her this, um, she was pretty afraid, but she didn't want to make him mad, and then he would kill her. She didn't want to raise any red flags. She wanted to act like nothing was wrong. She still wanted him to trust her, so she had sex with him. I don't know why these people are so worried about telling everybody what? that they had sex. Yeah, and also that's disturbing. Yeah. Okay. That would raise a red flag to me. Yeah. Like, that would very much raise a red flag. I have this new boyfriend. I'm like, oh, yeah, so I killed my husband, and he's like, let's do it. Right. Like, that's disturbing um yeah i think the proper response would be to be afraid but okay so they're worried they're worried eric's gonna kill her or she's worried that okay right so with this story they knew eric was guilty obviously but they couldn't arrest him on her story alone right so they searched his house and they found a set of 35 pound weights that went missing so you remember 35 plus 35 70 that's what yeah, he said. Yeah, I know what 35 plus 35 <laughs> Well, is. you just looked kind of confused, so I just wanted to make sure. No, I got you. And then they also got um, Tina to wear a wire. Okay. So she called Eric and told him that the police had been to her house, and they were asking her a lot of questions about Peggy's disappearance. So they needed to meet up and get their story straight. Okay. So Tina went and picked up Eric. They went to a restaurant, and she told him she needed him to tell her what happened again. So they'd have their story straight. Because she couldn't remember. Okay. And he said that she didn't need to know the story. She wasn't there, and that's all the police needed to know. Right. But Tina kept pushing. And Eric wouldn't budge. He wouldn't say anything. So Tina tried a different approach. She asked him why he did it. And he just said, I don't know. Okay. So he didn't deny it the whole time. Right. He just didn't admit to it either. Right. So feeling defeated, Tina says that she's ready to leave and Eric wants to drive on their way home. So that wasn't quite her plan, but while they're in the car, she's questioning him more. And Eric gets really mad. He starts yelling at her, telling her, if she wants to turn him in, just go ahead and do it. Just tell him everything. She asks, what am I going to tell him? And he says, you know, just tell him everything. And he finishes off saying, nobody knows anything but you. So you don't have to say anything. Tina tells him that she's really afraid of him right now and he needs to get out of her car. So he does. And Tina leaves him on the side of the road. Okay. And the police pull up right then and arrest him. Okay. So while he's awaiting trial, he calls Tina. And he tells her about how awful jail is and how he tried to kill himself with his own sheets. And Tina starts to feel a little guilty. You know, she loved this man at one point, And now his kids aren't going to have any parents. Eric's mom also contacted Tina and asked her to recant her statement. Just to tell him that it was all a lie. Okay, so she can go to jail for perjury? Right. And she says, no, I'm not doing that, Linda. But Linda does talk Tina into going to visit Eric in prison. And while there, Eric pleads to her to please tell the police that she lied, that she was just high on drugs, and she made the whole thing up. And Tina feels guilty, so she agrees. Frickin' Tina. So she goes to the police, she recants her statement, she even goes and talks to the media, and says that she's not sure if he really told her those things, she was doing drugs, so she's not sure if he did it. So now the star witness starts to deteriorate. But anyways, the prosecutors push on, and in the winter of 2000, the trial begins. 
The defense really focused on making Tina look like an untrustworthy witness. They used her recanting and the fact that she was a previous drug addict and petty criminal. They say that her story can't even be true because she said that he told her there was blood everywhere and there wasn't. There was only a small amount of blood. Because he cleaned it up. They know he cleaned it up. Right, but it wasn't everywhere. It was just next to the console. That was all. Okay, but everywhere is like a relative statement. I agree. I mean, depends on how dramatic you are. Right. I feel like everywhere could be by the console. Right. I feel like everywhere could just be like a puddle. Yeah. Or it could be everywhere. Right. The wire that they had her wear and uh, Kobe wear, they never picked up him saying that he actually did anything. And they also say that the test that the Coast Guard conducted was unreliable. They weren't the same size as Peggy. The conditions weren't the same. They can't reenact that. And that they were intentionally trying to get themselves tossed out of the boat, so they would have kind of been tensing up and not loose like you would be if you didn't expect it coming. Okay. I can see that as well. I kind of thought that that uh, test was also a little strange. Me too. So, I so can agree with that. pretty good defense. So, they really focused on an alternative theory that Peggy had been drinking and driving, and she just caused the accident herself. I mean, it's possible they drink margaritas. Right. They drink half a pitcher. I don't know how big this pitcher was, but... Yeah. So, Tina came back around and she did testify against Eric and says that when she recanted, she lied. Not that she lied the first time. So, with that, Kobe's testimony that Eric told him he wanted to kill Peggy, the blood in the boat, the missing weights, the perfect weather that wouldn't have caused an accident, the prosecutors felt pretty confident that they were going to convict Eric. And in February of 2001, the jury found Eric guilty of first-degree murder, but not guilty for murder for financial gain. Which seems kind of crazy to me. Yeah. Because why else would he kill her? Well, I mean, if she was actually controlling. I mean, yeah, I guess. I think finance has definitely played a role in it, but. Right. Yeah. That, I just feel like that's a big motive, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I feel like that's the biggest motive. Definitely. Since he also said, like, he couldn't divorce her because he'd have nothing. Right. So, clearly he was concerned about the finances. Right. Okay. But they found him not guilty for that. So, he was sentenced to life with no possibility of parole. He still denies um, all involvement. And in November of 2003, he attempted to appeal the decision, and the California Court of Appeals denied his appeal, and he remains in prison. So, what do you think? You think he did it? Yeah. Yeah, me too. 100%. Yeah, it was also pretty funny. In one of the um, shows I watched, they said that um, one of his um, volleyball friends said that um, he had to have an accomplice because he was too stupid to come up with that plan himself. (laughs) (laughs) That's not very nice, but okay. No, but kind of funny. Yeah, that is funny. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think he did it. What a shitbag, though, that he gave his kids away. Yeah, right? Like, (sighs) I agree. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Kill their mother and then give them away. Yeah. She went to jail just for that. Yeah. Unless she really did kill herself. Or not kill herself, but go missing. Make I don't think it was disappear. an accident. I don't see how it could have been an accident. Had his friend not come forward and said that he had told him he was going to kill his wife and like do it on the ocean. Right. I would have had a shadow of doubt. Right. But the fact that he came forward with that information and like the fact that like he clearly wasn't lying about that since he got a lawyer. Right. You know what I mean? He has no reason to make that story up. Right. Yeah, like, so. he was worried about himself because right. he lied, lied to the, the police. police. Right. So, yeah, that's crazy. That is pretty mm. crazy. Don't like it. I don't like it at all. No, me either. It's horrible. Awful. Eric sucks. How dare he? Just give his kids away, though. That's awful to me. <laughs> no, that's the worst part. Yeah, it's pretty Sorry. awful. It's fine. Like, not only did he take their mother, but then he was like, I oh, you can go live with your grandparents. I'm done. Yeah, like, screw you, dude. Yeah. That's awful. So, as we've said before and many times, um, you don't have to kill your spouse. You can just get a divorce. It's fine. Yeah. It's really not that serious. Just get a divorce. You don't need to kill. But people seem to think that's the only way out. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't know. Me either. Crazy. All right. Well, on that note, um, let's go plan our Zoom call. Okay. Sounds good. Gotta go. So, bye. Bye. Hey everyone, if you like what you heard and you want to support a small podcast, please give us money at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked, where you can join one of our four amazing tiers, starting at just a measly $3 a month, that's literally 10 cents a day, you can join the slightly wicked. After that, we've got the moderately wicked for just $5 a month, followed by the awesomely wicked 
for $7 a month. And for those high rollers, big ballers, we have the extraordinarily good. So head on over, check it out. If you like what you see, join it up. If subscriptions aren't your jam, head on over to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash W-D-O-W, where you can give us a one-time donation to buy us a coffee or, you know, like podcasting equipment, which would probably be a better use of our money. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked, or you can just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones. Or you can give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash weekly dose of wicked. Or you know what? You could just do both because that would be better for us. For a direct feed of our podcast, please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com. Great news, guys. We've made it big time. And you can now listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep, yep. Even Pandora. They finally let us in. Make sure to come back next Wednesday for your Weekly Weekly Dose Dose of Wicked. happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com